0: Now is the time. A time you'll look back on. A time you'll adopt as inspiration. You'll recollect this time. This moment, right now. Motivate yourself towards success. Overcome, take over. The time is now.
1: hello good evening everyone how was everyone today hot hot
2: hot hot, hot.
1: <laughs> It's it certainly is i i don't know what the last time i checked it was well into the 20s high 20s up here in the northeast i don't know what it's like for you, uh, you guys today but uh i think it's just a, a cool day compared to what's meant to be for the next uh two days or so but uh anyway welcome all of you who so, uh i've decided to join us on a sunday night and um uh, <clears throat> We haven't had these guys on for a while, but everyone loves to have them on together. So, can we please welcome Mitch and Stu to the studio, at the Good Fella Gurus? Welcome, lads! Oh, morning, boys. Welcome, boys! How are you? Even lads, you all right? Yeah, all good. Good, hey, good. Yeah. Well, we could good fortune we, didn't, we weren't able to get you back, get on during June because we had that much on, but we did say we wanted to make it uh, a monthly occurrence. So, uh, we obviously managed to get you on tonight. Uh, have you been busy all the weekend? What's, I take it the weather's probably similar to yourselves, or to us over here, there, is it? Well, 47 today, where I am. It'll uh, wow. uh, be
0: colder, touching... than
1: the, colder than northeast tomorrow, then. Yeah, we're we're touching, touching, touching 48
3: <laughs> here as well. And Sue usually has more humidity than I do here in Dubai. You, Bahrain's usually got a bit more humidity. Yeah. But this, way, I left, I left my wallet in the car <coughs> the, other, the other morning. And I went back to get it out, and I just would burp my hand taking it out of the bloody car. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I suppose that's a, uh, that's a foil for spending uh, any more money, Mitch. Isn't
0: it? I can't ah, touch it. To watch that, like <laughs> <laughs> Too many guns I could come out with now, but I'll refrain. That's very true. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we'll soon see those at the end, towards the end of the show, won't we? But uh, anyway, how I want to start the show anyway, because obviously uh, there is a bit of history for today, unfortunately. And it's uh, obviously Newcastle put a tweet out first thing this morning. because It's eight years to the day that unfortunately we lost uh, John Alder and Liam Sweeney uh, in tragic circumstances when they were on the trip to uh, pre-season over uh, in New Zealand, I believe it was. Um, so we just just everyone's basically from the channel want to have our, our thoughts you know, to all of the Liam and John's families, uh, obviously we're thinking of them at this difficult time uh, for what was a horrendous moment uh, in the obviously their family side. But obviously, you know, it's something that the fans long live in the memory, and it's nice to do. there was a few touches today where we saw pictures of them uh, uh, in the, on the big screen in St James's Park as well. Uh, as a memorial to them as well, so it's, it's a nice touch from the club today. Uh, but uh, was anyone else anyone? I don't know if Stu, Mitch, did you happen to know any of them or anything like that from before you moved over to the Middle East? Or?
0: Well, uh, if
3: you don't yes. me starting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, everybody who went to enough away games and enough reserve games, you know, John. <laughs> um, gosh, the amount of, of times you'd, you'd see me here, there and everywhere, the guy used to do ridiculous miles following the, 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 the lads at all levels. And, and no doubt he would be doing lads and lasses now because I know what he's like. He would go watch two teams of chickens play. Um, You know, the, the, the only bloke who do a round trip with all them reserves on a Wednesday night and a two-foot of snow, he'd be bloody there if he could. Uh, unbelievable. And, and Liam was, used to get... Well, like, he's a Shields lad. He used to get on some of the buses we used to get on every now and again. And, and it just... Tragedy doesn't sum it up. Um, and I have... To of our fans caught up in something like that was um, well, yeah, it, it, it's something that's still difficult to process eight years on. Really, and now yeah. with other things happening in the recent region, region, affecting you know our mate Steve Bennett and his family, obviously because their home is in Kiev, um, it's still sort of ongoing. And, and it's, I've had discussions with people in the last. Eight years about stuff going on in that part of the world that I thought I'd never, ever, ever had, you know. Um, so and 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 for those lads and for the families, um, I think it's really nice that the club still remembers, yeah. And and long may that continue For certainly as a fan base, I think we all remember them, like Stu said. You you, you would have come across John at plenty games, Stu,
0: yeah, definitely. Yes, I mean, with. That was probably a bit too old, for Liam, But with John, if you went uh, uh, any number of away games, you would have seen them. In uh, the years, the epitome of someone who bled black and white. Now you'd cut them, and it he would just be black and white straight through. Uh, but there was a, it was a part of a hardcore of fans that were like that. And I, I believe it was Malaysia that they were flying to, uh, Richie. Yeah. And I, was it, was that, it
1: was on the way. Was it? Was it not a, a stop off on the way to New Zealand for the? They Yeah,
0: the flight was from Amsterdam to Malaysia, wasn't it? But the, yeah. the, the sad thing is, and it's a phrase that's been coined a lot by uh, more recently the, the local fans, but no, no fan should ever not return home from going to a game. And this was a friendly, you know, It's and it shows the dedication that the, the, the lads had. And it, it's really fitting how... For the first few seasons, on the seventieth minute, there was always the round of applause, and how the club still remembers now. So it's it's something that's it's really difficult to comprehend that you go and watch your team play football, and you don't come back here. You know, and if you can take anything out of it, you know, it it was especially with John. For those of you, I'm sure Liam would have been the same. They they went they were doing swing that they loved. you know, and. There's no excuses, no exception. There's no justification of it, and it's just a horrible thing that happened. And God rest them. God rest. God rest their souls. God bless them as well.
1: Yeah. Well, as I said at the start, obviously yeah, everyone from the, the loaded mag is, the thought of with the family and stuff like that. Um, so you know that's what we'll leave it at that for the moment. Um, now. We always know that Stu and Mitch uh, have got a bit of a comedic side to them. Okay, so <laughs> what we've decided to do is we're to spur the moment member draw tonight. Now the member draw is to give away uh, one of uh, the Shy Ben's Loaded Mag T-shirts, a colour of your choice, um, and we're basically, as I said, you've got to be a member, and what you need to do is to basically, like, obviously, what Matt, Matt, used to do, we need you to put your answers in the chat. Daz, has already, Daz knows the answer, and he's going to be watching out for the first person who is a member to get the correct answer to the question. And that person will be named at the end of the show. However, what we did was we always asked the lads what they wanted to talk about when they come on the show. And I opened it, door. I said to Stu, he says, oh, look, just ask Mitch, Mitch will come up with something. So I asked Mitch, Then he came up with an answer. I told Stu when he went, that's obviously his mastermind. Uh, Specialist subject But what we want you to do is We want you to guess What is Mitch's specialist subject Based on the initials (laughs) T and F Okay So the first person who is a member So if you're not a member You've still got time to enter now Before the end of the show And take part to uh, to get a uh, free t-shirt From Shy Burns All you've got to do is be a member And get the correct answer to t and f well you so we'll leave that for that for a moment and we will arrive at the end okie-dokie and so, just, just a
2: shout out to, to ian that who has become a member just before you announce
1: the competition actually Richard, well you, can, you can start ian well done thanks for most uh, for joining obviously appreciate anyone who uh, joins the channel um, and and uh, you obviously put your answer in the chat if you've got a uh, you know a, a fun idea or the correct one whatever you just go for your balls. Make make uh, Daz's uh, comment uh, nightmare tonight by going through <laughs> and bombarding the chat with all the answers. But uh, it's time to talk about Newcastle, isn't it? So let's have a look at what's happened over the last few days. Obviously, we, we had a show on Friday night where we discussed the uh, the friendly results and stuff like that. So we'll just go basically try and touch on stuff that's happened over the last twenty four hours. Now, one person that has moved on from uh, who was obviously a Newcastle target that was. Last night, I uh, had signed up a deal with PSG. Was this guy, Hugo Ekatike? And it was rumored that uh, there was another 35 million pound uh, euro, euro deal, sorry, uh, that he'd gone to, to PSG, only for it to come, be confirmed by PSG that it's actually uh, a loan first season with the option to buy, which I think caught uh, a few people uh, by surprise. So Lads, uh, I'll start. Say what well, I'll start with you, Pete. Pete, what was your thoughts on this? Obviously, we've spoke about uh, Ekaterini quite a lot during the load of transfer show. Had a big uh, insight from your brother because obviously he's a PSG fan and studies French football. But what did you make of the deal, the deal going ahead? But also the how the deal was made up.
4: Um, I wasn't surprised. Um, look, two weeks two weeks before this even became a thing. Lee had mentioned, and he'd mentioned on our Fuller Daily Transfer show, that he felt that um, Ekatike's agent was holding him back in order to see if PSG's interest was going to come to fruition. Now, uh, the key to that, and he did mention it on the show, is that Louis Campos, um, their sport, new sporting director, wasn't in place yet. And traditionally, Louis Campos is well known for building young, hungry football teams. And that is what PSG were looking for. Now, um, you know, we knew a while ago that the deal was all in place, that we'd agreed a fee, that we'd agreed personal terms. It was just the agent fees and stuff that we needed to sort out. And everyone thought it was kind of a um, something that was going to be done quite quickly. Now, um, the longer that went on, the longer it looked like he was going to PSG. So not a surprise for me. Uh, what I have found a little bit strange is the negativity towards him on the back of that um, uh, from from Newcastle United fans. Like, uh, look, if he wants to go to PSG, good luck to him. Just like Eddie Howard said today. He said good luck to him, doesn't wish him any any bad luck in his career. He, he thinks he's a quality player and has talked about that quite openly and wanted him at Newcastle. But you've got to understand that not every young player, not every player that we go for is going to want to come to Newcastle United. He's a young French player, um, and sees PSG as the pinnacle for him, and not Newcastle United at this moment. So um, I wasn't I wasn't surprised by it. I thought you know some of the negativity about bench warmer. Trust me, he's going to play games next season. He is going to play lots of football next season for PSG because he is the future. So for me, um, good luck to him. Um, You know he's made his decision, and look, we've got a pool of quality players that are gonna come in and take that position that Hugo Ekatike was going to take. Um and we will be absolutely fine. I'm no I've got no worries whatsoever.
2: Yeah I'm mute Rich.
1: Chris, what was your thoughts mate?
5: I, I I've got to be honest, I was quite surprised. Um like Pete, I mean I, I'll start off with the reaction of the fans. So um, I was disappointed that Ekertk, you know, didn't come to Newcastle probably equally as much as the next person, but I didn't understand the way there was so much like venom towards him. Like if you actually stand back and you know see it for how it is, he stayed in France and he's joined the biggest team in France and he gets to play alongside the likes of Messi and Neymar and Mbappe. And I'm like, I I, I struggle to criticise any young player who wants to go and do that. Like, you know, Best of luck to him, in my, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, I, I am disappointed not to get him. I don't like the way he messes around. But then on the other hand, you've got to look at it and say, well, if there's an opportunity or, you, you know, someone whispers in your ear and says, listen, they might be in for you. And he, he decides to wait and take time on his decision. Then, you know, so be it. Um, the one thing I am quite surprised about is, like, the structure of the deal. Like, the fact that he's gone on loan to PSG and there's only an option to buy at the end of the season. So, like, it almost feels like a well, it's a, it's a free hit for PSG, isn't it? So, I'd love to. I'd, I'd, we probably won't know it, but I'd love to know the structure of the deal. I'd love to know how much they've paid. I'm assuming they've paid them some kind of fee, surely. Um, because it just feels like he's, he's going there on loan for the season, and uh, PSG are very much being able to try before they buy. Um, I was I would have more expected to see like obligation in there or something like that, but for an option to buy. That that's the most surprising thing for me. But in terms of him going there, I'm not really surprised. I I uh, I don't blame the lad. I just wish we hadn't been messed around so much. But then equally, if we want to go for somebody and we identify them as our target, from a positive point of view, um, I'm glad that our owners did that. I don't want us to be slapdash or you know just trying to get any anybody and everybody. I'd rather us target people, and we saw that persistence pay off with Sven Bottom. He he was he was our target from a long time ago. I mean, we were after him in January, um, and we <clears throat> we secured that main target. But do you know what? It, without sounding bitter, I think I think as Pete said, you know, he probably will play some football, um, but I think in years to come he may regret not joining Newcastle because I can't see him breaking into the first team at PSG and really making a massive impression. I think I think there's far too many personalities, far too many big players there. And I think if you joined us and played for us for two or three seasons, then get you moved to PSG if that's where you want to be. I think it I, I think um, I don't want to say the character of the player. He's only he's only a young lad, but you know, I would have I would have liked to have seen him. You know, take that plunge and come come to the Premier League and come be part of this great journey. But equally, the fact that he hasn't, I don't wish any bad against him. I just think it's um it's a predictable move, but not necessarily the right one in my opinion. But hey, I could be wrong.
1: Daz, what did you think of Ekiteki's move? Then,
2: well, first of all, Richie, I'm gonna gonna say shout out to, to Jordy Mick cause we. I might forget it. Uh, cheers to the donation, Jordy Mick. And uh, hoping you're washing down that cheers, Lando's mate. without your lo- your loaded mug and you haven't got on your, your loaded T-shirt. Um, but uh, um, ecky tikki um what do i think look at yeah it was it's been we've known for a while that he's not come to us um it does look like he he he, he didn't want to 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 leave france as well and look you can understand that as well so look we 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 have wasted not wasted but we, we we spent a bit of time giving them all the the most opportunity to to make a decision to come to us it didn't happen we move on as pete said there's there's plenty more Fish in the Sea, are <laughs> uh, plenty more uh, options available, so uh, we'll, we, we'll uh, shop around and, and pick up someone else s- similar, and who knows, the, the, whoever we, we do pick up in a similar age, similar kind of style of play, it might, may it turn out that, that they might be a better prospect than Ekiteki. But uh, So yeah, not going to be too pissed off about it, just move on. The, 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 uh, the team we have in there now, we'll, we'll find someone else that will fit the bill.
1: Yep. Now, it was interesting that, uh, obviously, loaded Mag's very own and Newcastle World, uh, Jordan Cronin wrote a little bit about this uh, today. And he got Eddie Howe's thoughts on uh, Ekiteki, stu- Ekiteki snubbing Newcastle and going to PSG. Um, and he, he basically just said, uh, it's no secret that we really liked Hugo and we worked hard to try and uh, do that deal. He's very talented lad and decided to go to PSG. I have no hard feelings toward him. Wishing well the next phase of his career. I really do wish him well. Stu, uh, and, and then Mitch, what, what did you make of those comments? Do you, do you think that Newcastle pushed as hard as they could have to get Ekotiki? Uh, or do you just think it was one where it was more what we've seen over the recent weeks, where the you know the, it was mainly due to his representatives that was causing the issues of the deal becoming possible on a permanent basis of Newcastle? I think it stems back to January,
0: where his family advised them to come, and the club agreed to sell him, and he got cold feet and I'm sure I mentioned that at the time, he's, you know, he's just a young kid moving countries, different language, and where we were in that time language in the other bottom, you could understand him being hesitant about coming in Newcastle. But uh, I want to echo basically what Chris said. You know, you, you're, you're talking about PSG or the team in France like Bayern Munich or the team in Germany. And as, as a young kid, he's grown up admiring these players, these frontline players and. Tell me that, who wouldn't have the opportunity, you know, if you're granted, you can go and play with Mbappe, you can go and play with Neymar, you can go and play with Messi. Now, even if it's just for one season, he'll learn from that. And we, we shouldn't really chastise a young kid for, for choosing to stay in his own country and and go and live his dream. Now, whether, that's, whether that holds his progress back due to a lack of playing time or whether they'll give him playing time, a lot of these guys are always, in, or not always, but often injured anyway. So I'm sure you'll get, you'll get on and about. You'll only come on for it. Uh, yeah. But the fact that we pushed and pushed and pushed, and I think until recently where we realised it wasn't going to happen, we pulled out. And rightly so, but it shows that who we are competing with. PSG are one of the dominant forces now in world football. And we can't say that's because they've had money spent, on because that's what we've got coming to us. You know, so, it's, at the moment, we can't compete with them, but we didn't have to give them a little run for their money in their own backyard as well. So, uh, I, I agree with Pete. I don't understand why people want to give him a hard time. His choice was to go to Paris Saint-Germain. Not everyone's going to come with Newcastle like we want. And we have a, a board. We have a structure in place that will absolutely bring the best players that we can get at this moment in time to us. And if Ericanty is not one of them, so be it. Move on next, as I say.
3: Mitch,
1: your thoughts on it? Uh,
3: very similar, really. I mean, you've got a player who was reticent to come in January, remained reticent to come, and really preferred to stay in France. And so, I, for me, I'd far rather not uh, worry about you know what he then goes on and doing. Good luck to the lad. My understanding was Dan Ashworth shut the book on this a lot quicker than people realise, um, particularly once the, the agent started making some strange demands. You know, when you got an agent who's pretty much asking permission from the Queen for his player to eat a swan every other Friday and wants a Vestal Virgin to just flower for every goal he scores, you know, it starts to get a bit stupid. And I'm glad we don't don't give in to those kind of demands. I think we've made a statement in January and I think we've made a statement this summer. Also with Botman's people, regarding hanging on, hanging on for AC Milan. But in the case of Botman, Botman wanted to come to Newcastle and was excited by the project. And his interviews since he's arrived have pretty much made that clear. If we weren't going to get that from Eketike, then we don't want it. We don't need it. Um, You don't want somebody who doesn't want to be here. Let him move on. Good luck to the lad. The thing that fascinates me is this loan with option to buy from PSG. From a financial fair play point of view, it makes me question, are they unwilling or unable to drop $30 on a young player right now and want to nudge that on accountancy-wise by moving (coughs) the deal as a loan, whether there'll be a loan fee, no doubt, involved with that. Um, but that's very kind of Reims to acknowledge that they can have a loan fee at a lower amount than what they would have got up front for us, it would have been quite easy for Reims to say no shut off um, so obviously though, however I think the players has got a good relationship with them, with the, the, the manager and the owner of Reims and so obviously there's been a dialogue that's been able to have there and maybe PSG have been able to find swans to feed them every Friday or something, I just don't know but um, you, you wish him the best of luck he's got the move he wanted and we move on as well and like I say, I know people are saying about wasted time, I think the find when Dan Ashworth came in he shook the book on this one pretty quickly to be fair, I think a lot of the residual um, talk was exactly just that, was paper talk um, I think it was quite clear that the player was hanging on for PSG the agent was hanging on for PSG and Dan Ashworth was already saying right now we'll move on and um, I think people are reading too much into Craig Hope's article today as well. That's been released this evening about, you know, without Ekotiki, we're going to move on with just Wilson and Wood. I, I think you'll find that's probably talk to keep silly transfer figures down and to calm the market down at the minute while we're getting my house in order. We don't need to look desperate for a straighter because if we rock up to say... I know we we'll been linked with another young French lad who apparently is available for fifteen million. But if we look desperate, are they going to turn around and say, "Well, that's thirty million, please," because that's this, that's Newcastle tax? Because um, we're going to be subject to that. And as Stuart rightly says, we're going to toe with PSG in their own backyard. Within, within, you know, under without the full season of PIF won in the club, we're already rattling people in their own backyards. This is, this is significant because now we've, we've made some significant changes behind the scenes and we're a different piece to deal with. And you're going to find a lot of things that have been maybe not ideal in the early stages of PIF's ownership are going to change very, very quickly. And how we do business on the transfer window for all, that did, I think, exceptionally well in January. I think you find we've got, what, seven weeks left of this window open? There's still a lot of time to do things. And that's, people are really kind of, we're starting to worry about things that are might be as ifs and maybes. Let's worry about the things we need to worry about. Um, and and, in, and in, trust the process. I know that sounds like a broken record at the minute, but we've got people in place that can allow that process to happen properly, like an actual functional football club, not with Penfold and his dusty phone who doesn't have a bloody clue what he's doing and just says, yes, Mike, we're, we're a different animal. And so, yeah, good luck. Going. Um, I hope he does really well at, at PSG, and I hope it the transfer then becomes permanent for him, and he gets absolutely everything he wants. But I think it says more about the state PSG are at it at the minute that it's, it's loan to buy.
1: Um, there's more to that, and meets the wind, meets meets the eye. I think. Do you think that could be down? I'll ask. Obviously, just I'll ask Pete this. Uh, Pete, do you think this is a follow on? Um, George Hayes, thank you very much for the donation. That's a second big donation you've done this week for us. Really, really appreciate it, sure. Jet. Yeah, we always do. And uh, thank you very much for keep supporting the channel. Uh, so, Pete, just, do you think that the FFP that uh, that Mitch just mentioned could be like, around the Messi deal? Because I believe this, Messi's be his final year of his contract now, isn't he? So, obviously, that'll be saving a lot on his wages every single week because he'll be on a very, very high salary, isn't he?
4: Yeah, I think this is the point I was going to come back into, is that uh, FFP is massively within their thoughts. Um, PSG have got a lot of players that they want to get rid of. Uh, Kalo Navas, um, they're looking at Kempembe going to Chelsea, they're looking at Ander Herrera, Paradize, um, 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 Icardi um, to, to get him out the books in order for Eketike to take his place. They are looking to get rid of a lot of players off the books. So having this as a loan with an option makes sense. Now, a lot of people have forgotten. It wasn't only a few years ago that PSG had a deal in place, a loan with an obligation to buy for Kylian Mbappe for 162 million. So it's not like it's not happened before. PSG are very, very astute in their business. And actually everyone like, to be fair, on the Jordan's Down South chat, there was a few people this morning going, it's a loan why why is it alone for? and go mad about it i'm saying oh, hold on a second it's not the first time they've done it and it won't be the last time that psg have done it this is how they operate in order to um, to, to escape uh, ffp this is this is what they do so i'm not surprised by this at all and they need to do this and as it's already been alluded to uh, messi will probably only stay one more season so therefore you will have a huge chunk of wages Um, and a huge chunk of finances that will be there available for next season to sign on a permanent deal, the likes of Eka Tike. And if he doesn't suffer any injuries, and what it also does is allow them to really boost the team in the way in which they want to, because trust me, in the next two or three years, PSG will build a a much younger, hungrier team um, to be able to compete on, on the highest level, because that's exactly what they need. Yeah, it, exactly. they'd be
3: much, much cleverer in dealing with certain potential FFP issues than the, the absolute blind madness that Boss are doing at the moment. You know, you, you couldn't get two different examples if you tried of teams with money actually knowing how to use the FFP. Um, whereas Barcelona are just spending their way, way out of madness mortgaging their future and hoping that super league of PS to save them at the end of the day and and it's a, it and it's a very different way of managing it and i think it's quite it, it is clever from psg it really is but also it shows the influence they have over all the other french clubs that they can do that with Mbappé at monaco and they can do that with its reams that people will just genuflect and get on with it and do it
1: yeah, yeah. I think the the, the the lad that we talked about, and I, I think uh, Pete is wanting to cover him uh, during uh, full transfer show on on on, on Thursday with their uh, Green Bailey is uh second Mara from Bordeaux who got relegated, and he's a he's a fantastic young player. But so if you if you want to have a look at them in between, obviously the out this show and the next one at the end of the week, go and have a look. He's, he's a very very talented young player, and um, but obviously we will go into into depth about him a bit more on. Uh, on Thursday, I know where uh, Pete's got a few things he wants to say in regards to him uh, later in the week. Now, just go back on to what uh, uh, Mitch mentioned there about um, Craig Hope's article about possibly going forward uh, with just Callum Wilson and uh, ready to gamble on him being the main striker. Chris, what what do you make of that? When you you know you saw that earlier on, was you know were you thinking? You know, <laughs> is it the right thing to do is it a bit dangerous? We'll be in this situation before with having Callum Wilson as predominantly the only main strike. What did you make when you saw that? Um, I'll be honest, Rich, when I first seen it, I just hoped it
5: wasn't true, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> because for me, I, I think if we go into the new season, assuming Dwight Gale goes, which I think <clears> we all expect him to and think he will and even if he doesn't I I don't think he's going to be anywhere near the squad anyway and I think if we go into the new season with Callum Wilson and uh, Chris was I'll have concerns because as much as I rate Callum Wilson I think he's a a really really fantastic striker and we all know that you know to get a full season out of him um, isn't isn't something that's happened a lot recently and that's not to say that you know he can't do it I just think that, you know, given the odds and looking at previous seasons, it looks like that's not the case. I mean... My stance has changed over the past few months because at first I was, you know, hoping that we'd bring in a striker who was going to be up there, you know, possibly better than Callum Wilson. You know, somebody like a big name striker. Um, But my feeling on that over the last few weeks and months has changed now. And I'd be more than happy to have, you know, a young, promising striker who is in and around the squad and who can come in and do a job for Callum Wilson and, you know, learn his trade, learn from the other players around him. Um, and that's why I'm hoping that you know we look to maybe do a loan a loan deal or something like that. I think that's the bare minimum for me. Um, I know we've been linked with uh, Callum Rendo, who's the the young striker at PSG, someone of that ilk. And then you know we're hearing today that it looks like Broza going to West Ham. Play, players like that who can come in do a job, um, but won't necessarily expect to start week in week out. Um, I do feel that that is something we need. I, I acknowledge that right winger is probably the priority position. Um, and I know We we us lads spoke, didn't we, about, you know, we, we look at Liverpool and Man City of previous years or previous seasons, and they had a front three that were very interchangeable. You know, like we've seen Mane play as the number nine, we've seen Salah players the number nine. Um, Man City haven't had the strike of it over the year, but I find it interesting that this season they've gone out and they've forked out the big money for the likes of Darwin Nunes and Erling Haaland. Um, and I just think, not 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 saying that we're in that bracket at the moment, but... I just, I would, personally, I would be worried if we went into the season with just, um, just. Callum Wilson and Chris Woods. I, I do feel like we need some sort of option there. I mean, I, I think going into the season with three strikers would be OK, um, given the fact that, you know, we, we do predominantly play with three up top now. So your two wingers and your main striker through the middle. So I think you get away with three. But like I say, uh, for me, I, I think we definitely need uh, a backup to Wilson.
1: Yeah, does I'll just I'll just put that picture up uh, uh, saying that it looks like Broza is set to join West Ham, according to the Daily Mail. And obviously, that's someone that we have been linked to. We've talked about on this channel numerous times uh, during full transfer show and, and other shows that we've done. Um, do you think we should have pushed a little bit harder to get him? Or do you think he wasn't potentially interested in coming to Newcastle? Uh obviously, West Ham can offer him European Conference football. What, what's your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, so he what he's at Chelsea. He went to Southampton and so now look like going to West Ham. So it's 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 Freddy South that he that he's uh, staying. Uh so it maybe he didn't fancy the, the move up to, to Newcastle. Well uh, something different to change the scenery for him again. But um um no no I think well, he's not, not I'm not overly upset that he's that he's that he's gonna West Ham. Uh no I just think there's this there, there's someone out there for us that will will take all the boxes. Uh, keep looking. There's still plenty of time left. It's it's six weeks before the window closes, and as, as Mitch says, yeah, you know, okay. If and, and, and as Chris says, when you your first glance at the 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 piece from Craig Up, yeah, you do kind of go, oh shit, what are we gonna do now? Uh, Wilson gets injured the first couple of games, we would, uh, but yeah, no, I think we're, we're going to bring in someone else. It's 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 what we need for the, the start of the window. It's going to get get sorted. Um, there's a few things we wanted to sort first, so. Look at uh, the, the, the I, I think what we said as well in a couple of the fully loaded transfer shows, um, they may just pull us a few surprises out of the bag as we get closer to the, the end
1: of the window. So I'm hoping a striker is, is one of them. Yeah. Just a, a quick update on the uh, member giveaway. So if anyone who wasn't here at the start, uh, to wear a Shy Burns loaded mark t shirt, you had to give us the correct answer to what Mitch's specialist subject is now we will actually say that the correct answer has been given in the chat however they would give the answer was given by non-members so they've either got to sign up to become of their answer to be correct or someone who else is a member could actually nab the prize for them so all you've got to do is name what mitch's specialist subject is from those two initials Right, just going on to the next uh, part, uh, it's a little bit about, and there's some more rumors coming through about from Create Hope. Um, deal for Mr. Diaby remains too expensive at uh, UFC, and Jack Harrison also very difficult, likely because of the demands of Leeds, um, which <coughs> Magpie 24 7s you know are rumor to want more than 35 million to sell uh, Jack Harrison to, to Newcastle. Um, Stuart, I'll come to you first. Uh, have you heard anything in regards to, you said, Diabe? Uh, obviously, I know you and uh, Mitch have got some contacts, like, you know, from the club and also in the in the, far, in the Middle East. Um, do, have, have you heard anything different to what Craig Hope is? Is, this, is the deal possibly still ongoing? Have they put it on the back burner, um, you know, and that's not going to go back during this window? I
0: know that he is a priority, and, but I do laugh when people say we've been priced out of it. I mentioned something when I was doing the uh, Three Amigos with uh, Mitch and Keith and Steve here, so the people who own us are worth $1.4 trillion, who knows going to price us out of it if we want it? There's a difference between being priced out and not seeing this fair value, you know, so we're going to get linked with lots of people. I, I, I do know DRB is something that the, the hierarchy are keen on, and also with Paquetta, they didn't plan to get him this window because of the way the system wanted to play. But at the same time, if you if we don't go for him and he signs for say, someone like our, like an Arsenal, what that then does is enhance them, strengthens them, and it will slightly weaken us. And these are the positions that we're aiming for. So the phrase that Mitch has used all through this transfer window and probably before that, it's fluid. You know, if the value is there, the, the, the clubs are playing hardball and you can't blame them. But I, I do think our, our fan base can be overreactive at times. When when they do unite, we're the best fan base by a country mail. But it's it's amazing how they can take one one uh, journalist as verbatim, the other one is just clickbait. You know, the some of it will be with knowledge, some of it will be guesswork. But just also consider these guys have a job to do and they've got a job to keep. And then a lot of it is based on how many clicks they get onto their articles. So some are more accurate than others. We don't need to mention names on the ones who are probably deemed to be least accurate. But if Jack Harrison's is priced at £35 million, can we afford that? Yes, we can. Are we likely to pay it? Probably not. If DRB is valued at £50 million, can we pay it? Will we pay it? I would say yes. But there's, there's not just that part of the transfer, is it? You've got to understand that there's a player want to come. Does he see himself as bigger than Newcastle at the moment? Is he going to be sold on the projects? The fact it is, it's a gamble for him to move closely closer to the World Cup. So there's a lot of persuasiveness that needs to be done. But there's something that we've been pretty consistent of throughout. The people who own us now want us to get better. As much as we do, they really want us to get better. And they've put their money in. And we're talking millions. Not us paying an extra couple of quid on a ticket. They're spending millions and millions of pounds to make us as successful as we've ever dreamed of. And we've got to let them do it. And it's just pretty close to what we're talking about. If we don't get the top target, there'll be another one. If not, there'll be another one. But this squad will be be so much stronger come the end of the window than it was at the start of the window. And if people don't want to come to us, why would you pay extra money just to tempt them anyway? You know, you've got to have people who are going to buy into the ethos of it. One word I keep using is technology and that's when you're looking at Eddie House and things like I'm happy to run with Wilson and Wood. I think we all know that he will sign the centre forward but I've been a big fan of Wilson and I know a lot of other people are. He is to me, if we're aiming to be in the top seven, tell me there's another seven number nines in the Premier League could be better than him if he's playing every week. and There isn't and so the key factor is is keeping him fit and uh, th- we know behind the scenes he's he's con- well, he's doing he's a lot less traveling now. Uh, he's going to base himself in the northeast, all it, and he's got a different fitness regime. I think they'll look after him a lot more carefully. Uh, but yes, we do need uh, someone that's going to complement him, someone that could be similar to him. And I did mention on Friday someone who's very close to, to Pete's, uh, Pete's protege, as we could call him. And, and that's Shea Adams. And I know I'm blanked with the fact that, uh, that he plays for Scotland. But if anyone has watched him play, he's very similar to Callum Wilson. Uh, the way he, he likes to play off the shoulder, the way uh, he's, he's a willing runner. He'll do the journey work. He doesn't mind getting stuck in. He has great vision. He has... He's got a good finish. And there's loads of things. He, to me, he'd be a quality backup. And that you would be signed... On, and he'd sign, I'm not saying he's coming, it's just an example of the type of player I think that would suit us. Because we have lots of people with short memories who forget, even when, when we all regale about the Get Misty Eyed, about the Keegan years. They had Colin Beardsley and then Ferdinand come in and then Shearer coming. But the people who played a massive part in that squad was your Malcolm Allens and your Alex Matthews and your Paul Kitsons. These are the type of players that can come in, know the rule, know that they're not going to be stopped as soon as the main man's fit. But if you bring in someone who's as good as Wilson or better or more expensive, we'll lose Callum Wilson, we are back to square one. Uh, Chris Wood, again, I don't get the hate from him. I think he did a fantastic job when he came in. He got us 10, 15 yards further up the pitch, which allowed us to get the goals and give the defenders a bit of a breather. He had a job to do, and he, to me, carried out to the letter. Is he going to be the one that gets us into the Champions League? Probably not. Is he worth bringing on when we've got some defending to do or we need to do some aerial bombardment in the last 10 or 15 minutes to make a point or even a win? It absolutely is. So who will we get? I am still think we'll get Diarby. I think we'll still get uh, Piquetta. Uh, and I, I still think Shelby or ASM will be moved
1: out no, but Mitch, uh, obviously, as the second part of it was this bit that, you know, they were possibly looking at Jack Harrison for 35 million. Now, mm-hmm. Steve's already said that 35 million uh, is, is probably a bit high for Jack Harrison. I think it is. I don't know what your thoughts are. But say for that example, if, if they're looking at players that <laughs> would you have a suitable alternative that could fit that sort of mold that you think would be more attainable?
3: Off the top of my head, no one, and to be honest with you, is 35 too much for Harrison? I mean, I, I saw quite a bit of him last season, obviously watching quite a few Leeds games, and he always seemed to be in the mix. He always seemed to be doing something. He seemed to come off the bench and score crucial goals and make crucial assists. And I think if you look at his record over the last two seasons, it's actually very similar to Richarlison, who's gone down to Spurs for 60. And so it, it depends on what you have how are you going to assess somebody's worth of value? Um, 35 does, on the face of it, seem a little high. I don't think we would go for him at that. Um, Somewhere in the 20s, though, I think that would be a good signing for him. I I think he'd bring something to the table. He knows the Premier League, he's experienced in the Premier League. And Like I say, last season, he seemed to be always doing something always doing something when it comes to um,
0: creating something for Leeds when they needed
3: something quite badly. Um, so, and in, in terms of alternatives, I'm, I to be honest with you, I haven't looked past the two with both DRB and Harrison as a right-wing alternative because I think the other thing a right-wing upgrade would bring is take a bit of pressure off St. Maximin and maybe make him look like they're a better player and give him more opportunities to do things. Um, so I think it's it, it. It's how do you put the value on that player? Because if you want to do it just off straight figures, these figures are similar to Richarlison over the last two years in terms of assists and goals. You know, so where do you pitch that bar? Um, and and I've seen the deal on, on Twitter. somebody saying if it was you know if it was just Jaccini Harrisoni and he was Italian. Would people be saying, "Oh yeah, thirty five, yeah, yeah, we'll have him." Um. Yeah, maybe maybe he just isn't sexy enough because he's a young, a younger English player. But um, look, I'm quite happy to roll with whoever Eddie thinks fits the system and fits the squad and fits the team. Uh, and, and trust that at the minute. I don't think we can do anything else but, and I think it would be churlish to do anything else but, it's like give them a, this is the first proper window that they've had really, um, where they can get a ducks in a row, Ashworth's in place. Um, we now have a CEO in place and we look like a functional football club, a functional high-end football club. And we're already meeting people like PSG with the niggas. So, you know, let's, let's bring it on. Let's trust the process about who, they, who they're going to go for. Stu's right. I felt all about this window was fluidity. There'll be a number of targets for a number of positions and the budget will be fluid because if somebody's perceived to be good value, it will be daft not to make the signing now if it was an opportunity to do it. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally agree.
3: You know I was going
0: to say there, well, just add on to what Richard said. I, I'm struggling to think where the mistrust has come from, like off the owners and off the manager. I mean, what have they done apart from everything right since they've come in, you know? So it's like. Have they delivered? Yes. Has Howe excelled? Yes. Is Ashworth a proven director of football? Absolutely, yes. You know, it's, it's all right. saying we want to get there quicker and we're all playing fantasy football here or fo- football manager or, you know, let the ones who are actually paid hand somebody well to do it, the ones who haven't got the pressure to do it, they'll get the people in that they want or, they, or someone that will fulfil their role. Remember when Andy Cole went and how upset everyone was? We took Keith Gillespie as a part of the deal. No one wanted that. No, Man United reject. We don't want him. He didn't do too bad for us, did he? You know, so it's a lot of it is about how the manager sees them. And someone like Eddie Howe, as we know, has a dialogue with Kevin Keegan. He's got an eye for a footballer and says, this is the type of player I want. That's, the, that's for that type, particular type of role in this team. And you'll give a list. His job now is to train the players he's got. He doesn't have to be doing all these burning the candles at both ends and trying to juggle the, as many balls and spin as many places he can. He can actually focus on what he's exceptionally good at and let people focus on what they're exceptionally good at and let it work in the wheel that Dan Ashworth referred to, where he's the middle part, and, and he can start pushing the spokes <coughs> out in the right way. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, just a... A shout out to uh, Sean Casey, who will be on the show uh, next Sunday uh, night. And it's literally just for a tweet that he put out. Obviously, everyone knows he's a, he's a friend of the channel um, and he's been on quite a few times. And, you know, he's in regular contact with a lot of the lads uh, with the channel. Sometimes I think sometimes they make, right? So he might reach out to Stu and Mitch as well. But, Pete, I'll come to you on this because obviously we've mentioned quite a few uh, transfers, possibly on you know, people who were rumored to come in, who could still be coming in. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he always does his, you know, he's like I said, or he goes back to a tweet he said before. Now he mentioned uh, this, obviously, uh, yesterday. We we have become a brand on the pitch before you have to come, uh, well, on the pitch. Sorry, off the pitch. I get the feeling we will be breaking our transfer record soon. And then he's retweeted it today with uh, the egg timer. Uh, so if he believes that we could be breaking our transfer record very soon, who do you think it could be, Pete?
4: Um it could be anyone to be honest any one of the players that we've linked we've been linked with um uh it, it won't be the likes of people like jack harrison I, i've talked about him before good player Um, but we don't need to sign a left winger because we've already got one we need to sign a right winger if you look if you look at the way and his positioning jack harrison plays predominantly on the left-hand side i don't think he's played on the right-hand side at all this season in 32 starts scored 10 goals in all competitions good player but not the right player that we need to sign and certainly not what we're going to be spending 35 million plus on as a signing that's for sure if we're going to sign if we're going to break our transfer record record which i will which i believe we will do and i'll talk about that in a second um it will be on a right winger or a striker it's as simple as that because they're the two key positions that we need now There's all this talk about, you know, why haven't we broke our transfer record yet? Why are we not signing these players, this, that and the other? Stu, Mitch have already quite rightly alluded to the fact that can we spend that money? Of course we can. We've got the money there. We can go and put that money down tomorrow, today, right now, if you wanted to, and buy those players. But what does that do with six weeks to go in the transfer window? It means nothing because all it does is it tells everyone that actually they have got money. And then anyone else we're gonna sign in the next six weeks, they're gonna go, Well, you've got money. So therefore, here's here's what we want an extra fifteen or twenty million pounds on the deal. So it doesn't make sense with six weeks to go. Now, of course, we would want every player to be in before the start of the season. And Traditionally, we don't get players until the end of the window, normally, under previous owners. But the fact that we've got the likes of Target, Pope, Botman in early doors, that they're in Austria right now, training, integrating with the lads, they are the key positions that we need for Newcastle United at this point. We've got two (coughs) right-wingers, we've got two strikers, not the ones that we want particularly, but we've got them to go into the season. But we needed a Botman, we needed a Target, we needed a Pope to really solidify the team. If you're going to go and spend big money, you're going to go and spend it towards the end of the window where um, there's no comeuppance, there's no back backdrop after it. There's no issues at the back of it. Because at that point, when you've spent that money, you can go, summer deal done. We're, we're out of there. We've got what we need. Let's focus on the season. So in terms of what player we're going to sign, I don't know. Um, we've, been got, we've been linked with players left, right and centre. We've been linked with players today. We've been linked with players yesterday. Um, but do I believe it will be one of those players? Definitely. Um, who that is? I don't know, because as Mitch has very rightly said and talked about for probably about a month now, it is a very much a fluid situation. And when that deal fits right for Newcastle, they'll go, we'll take it.
1: Yeah. 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 I think 100%. we've... We've mentioned that on this channel a few times as well. We've said, you know, when we've we've talked about Luke Edwards saying, you know, we've got a 50 million transfer budget, then you see other people say this. I think that, you know, it goes with the fluidity uh, speech again, that Newcastle, you know, can spend X amount of money, however much they want, if the deal is right for the club, for the right player at the right price. So, you know, there's nothing to say, you know, we, we might not spend anymore. I believe we will. But at the end of the day, we're not going to put a cap on how much we possibly could. You know, it could be one more player, it could be two, it could be three, we don't know. And that's obviously, that's the joy of the transfer window. And I'd much rather be in this position than where we were 12 months ago, you know, haggling over a Joe Willock fee and possibly whether we could, yeah. we're we going to get Hamza Chowdy through on the last day of the window as well. So, in, right, lads, I'm going to start with that.
3: Sorry, sorry, just quickly. On in it. many ways, since Dan Ashworth come in, the club's become a very different beast. The, the, the club's locked down a lot harder in terms of yeah. things getting out and what people are talking about mm. and what people are letting out and what people can and can't talk about openly. And I think that's that's a good thing. It's an absolutely it good thing that we will just do our business in our own time, our own way, and when there are deals right for us, <clears throat> it will be done. It's as simple as that.
1: that. That's something I actually mentioned the other night when I said, you know, it would it, be nice to go back to the days where, you didn't have all the transfer rumours, you were just surprised, but all of a sudden something said, right, Newcastle are, have agreed a deal with such and such. Uh, you know, you do not always have all these social media rumours and stuff like that. It would be nice just to get things done there and then. Um, right, Daz, I'm going to start with him, we'll work our way around from, to Chris, Pete, um, and then back to Mitch and Stu. Now, um, an interesting one, key, a statement was released by Bruno Guimaraes um, over the last couple of days, and... The reason why I want to discuss this was because, obviously, you know his, his statement can be said a few ways. Obviously, they, you know people can say it's, they're excited by what he's saying. You know he's he's coming <coughs> for the right reasons, um, but then there's a few people that you know. You know they're always the hot the glass half full. You know negative and looking at the wrong way. That he's he's basically saying, look, if we don't achieve it, he's going to move on. So of course, it, what he actually said was, of course, uh, we dream of the Champions League, but I tell you, it's step by step, and we don't need to put pressure on ourselves. <laughs> Today is the only the beginning of the Premier League, and is the most difficult competition in the world. So we need to stay calm, and eventually, step by step, we can arrive there. Daz, what did you make when you saw uh, Bruno's statement over the weekend? Were you, were you on the positive, took that as a positive side, or did you, you know, were you one of the, the negative ones?
2: No, I, I take that as more a calming kind of a statement because when he arrived, I remember he was talking about the Champions League, and and then uh, you. With all this talk of uh, Lucas Paqueta, people are think even thinking if if he rocks up at Arsenal, is Bruno going to head to Arsenal in in, in a bit a bit of time? And if if he doesn't make his way to, to Newcastle, so I think it's, it's, he's just gonna lay it all out there. Look, at, it is a process. It's a project. It's step by step. Look, it was first of all it was to stay in the league. Now then, it's this next season is to, to cement our, our our place in in the top half uh, the, the the league and. Who knows? Uh, after that, uh, uh, anything else is a, a bonus. Uh, but it's yeah, he's he's just been realistic, and because uh, because people are going to start calling them out and going okay yeah you, you you mentioned the Champions League when you arrived, but uh now they are try, trying to make stories out of it. they're trying to make out that he's he's unsettled, and especially if if uh Paquette doesn't, doesn't rock up with, with us so uh, i I take it as a positive and uh, n- no way did I look at it as a negative he's He's here for the long term as well, uh he wants to grow with us um so yeah, no nothing to worry about on on that one at all Chris.
5: But he just had to unmute that. Um Bruno's going nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. And do you know what? No one no one could afford him anyway. Because imagine imagine the money we'd want for him. I mean, I, I think I, I liked his statements, to be honest, because it it, it very much, like that said, it very much felt like a calm and you know, just like a we're getting there, we'll take time, you know, we'll do what we do, and let's just enjoy the ride. And I think I think that's the message to all the fans. You know, there's no there's no mad hurry. Obviously, you know, if 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 we got it in the next year or two years, European football, I think we'd all be really excited about that. But you know, let's just—we've we've waited so long, we've waited patiently for so so long, and now I think it's just about in, enjoying it. I mean, when was the last time we all look forward to a season as much as we are right now? Like I, I I'm literally counting down the days. Like this this season is just going to be such a such a you know journey. There will be bumps along the way. There will be times where you know we'll be a bit disappointed or you know we might be calling for people's heads and going, oh, we we need to upgrade him. We need to get rid of him, but it's, it's a slow process. We can't, we can't just go out and splurge and buy 10, 12, 15 new players. We all said, didn't we, lads, uh, when we did the squad games video, realistically, there's probably anywhere between 10 and 15 players that we'd want to move on. I know Keith said as much on there, on three amigos. Keith would have scrapped the whole team, but (laughs) it's a, it's a slow process. You can't just go in and go gung ho and do that. Um, As she was saying before, you know, we want to, we want to, you know, box clever. We don't, we don't want to throw all our, show everyone our hands, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? Like we've got to, we've got to do this in a sensible way. And one thing we don't want to do is get ripped off. And I think the owners having that, having that approach is absolutely correct. We we want to do it all within financial fair play. We don't want to get ourselves in trouble. We don't want anyone you know flashing the spotlight on us because believe it you know we all know if there's an opportunity for someone to punish Newcastle or do something they'll probably take it. Um, so there's no hurry. I think we all just enjoy the ride, and I've got no doubts at all that Bruno is absolutely loving it here. I mean every time you know our social media people when there's pictures being taken of him, we saw at the start of our show in the intro, you know uh, at the end of the game when Amanda embraced Bruno. He's absolutely loving it here, so I, I've, uh, I've got no concerns over it. I, I actually thought it was a very uh, very mature thing to say, if I'm honest, for such a young lad. He's come out and said, listen, let's just, you know, everyone stay calm, let's just enjoy it, and uh, good things come to those who wait, as they say.
4: Pete? Um, Bruno Gamera is loving life as a Newcastle United player right now. Um, he is the main man. Um, he is the best player at the football club. It's as simple as that. And he is just trying to give a true reflection of, of where we're at right now and um, all power to him. Uh, the one thing I'll say is, is that, and people might not like this, is that it won't last forever. We will need to be playing at least European football in two years' time. We will need to be playing Champions League football in three years' time. Because let's not forget, Bruno Gomes is 24 years old it will be, what, 27, the best, nearly close to 28 uh, in three years' time. And if we're not playing Champions League football, if he's still playing at the level he is, he could go to the very top. He could play for Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man City, Liverpool, PSG, whoever. And at that point, I think, regardless of our power, um, they would be in a position, if we're not playing Champions League football, to say, OK, you're a, fucking, you're a good player. Um, you need to be playing at the top level. Do I believe we'll be playing Champions League in in three years' time? I think we'll be very, very close to it. And what's not been talked about enough, and Mitch, Stu, you might know a little bit more about this, is that that, um, the Champions League revamp in 2024 that could potentially allow an extra team to play Champions League football. And if we're at the top of the coefficient, that could allow us in three years' time and being a superpower in terms of continuing being able to financially be strong, get to play in Champions League football without finishing in the top four. don't know what your thoughts are on that, Mitch, Stu.
3: Well, I mean, for me, Bruno Grimmesh is one of our crown jewels and he's saying the right things because other players are going to want to come and say, hey, I want to play with him. That's, and, and he's shown a great degree of calmness and leadership. Eddie Howe talks about leadership all over the dressing room, and it's quite clear he is a leader in the dressing room of, of, of one form or another. The guys like him. They really gel with him, and they want to play with him. And that will attract more players like attract like. And so um, I think that's a really calm statement. And also, bear in mind, and Stu says this far more often than I do, players aren't here just to play games. They want us at the top table as soon as physically possible. And they'll be ruthless about how they want to do it. And that's, you know, I think everybody inside the club will be well aware of that, that they hire the best people for the the best jobs, but also they're very quick to make changes if it's not going the way that they're happy about. So um, I think to have an air of calmness around the dressing room is really important. Somebody who just saying, well, you know, like he does on the pitch, but he's got it and take his time and pick the right move to make. And he's just done that verbally.
0: Yeah, I think he's been, uh, if you read the first comments that Trippier and him made when they both signed, they were both talking about getting into Europe and Champions League, etc. And I think this statement is more to uh, temper expectations and maybe douse the yeah. flames of expectations a little bit. And because of his iconic status already, he, he is an icon on, on time side, isn't he? Uh, it's more likely to be accepted if someone like Bruno says, How oh, well, let just chill. No, we'll do our best. We'll get there. Just calm it down. I mean, had, had it been one of the lesser lights in the squad without pointing the names of people, you know, have come out and said that, then, you know, they, then off we go again. It's another outcry. But Bruno at the moment is doing his very best to walk and water and pressure and getting away with it and that's simply because every single fan would lie under the water to let him walk over just to get to the other side you know he's he's that good he he has transformed our attacking formation and and as the rest of the lads have rightly said people who will want to come and play with them they will see how much he has changed how much freedom and joy he has in his football and they, you know i want i want a part of that and it'll all be part of how they're pitching it and i'm sure the when they when they're approaching players People like him, people like Trippier, people like Botman, they're no mugs. These are quality, quality international players. And we've got three. Now, we can do it one or two ways by adding We can just buy anyone who's got a price tag and then follow the Everton route, which we all know is not successful, so we should stop asking for that. Or we can look at targeting players that we really need or areas that we really need and make a short list and then get the highest one on that list available in that place to help us move up that league as quickly as possible. Because we are going to go higher. We will finish higher than 11th. It's just a case of how much higher. And we could spend £150 million on two players, £200 million on two players, but that doesn't mean that's going to get us in the Champions League if there's players' attitudes on right. You know, I've seen where another person who we're linked with today was at Memphis, Dipe from Barcelona. He'd want to come for a King's Ransom. But I think from the outside looking in, you could think his attitude wouldn't be be fitting off the squad that we, we've got and the, the teamwork that goes into it. You know, so it's there's a lot of things that, you know, the coin and phrase of ticking boxes. But with, with Bruno, he, he is a leader. He's the face of the club. Uh, the captain, obviously, is is trippier, but there's a lot of leaders out there now. You could call Callum Wilson a leader. You could call Shaw a leader. You can call Botman a leader. You can call Nick Pope a leader, Dubravka. You know, we fill ourselves with with leaders. And it's a special place that we are. Just think where we were 12 months ago, going into the season. And I think every single Newcastle fan, if they had to put their hand in the hand on the heart, would have expected us to get relegated last season. That was pre-takeover with Bruce, no money to spend. The only money that we did get was on Joe Willick, and that was a player we already had. So in effect, we were going backwards. We will spend more money, but we'll spend it at their time on the right person that they see fit for their for their
1: project. We
0: just have
1: to trust them, and there's no reason why we shouldn't trust. No reason to doubt them. Yeah, totally agree. Now we've just reached the uh, the hour mark, uh, and we've got over three hundred watching on a Sunday night. So thank you very much. We always appreciate that. Uh, Daz, do, while we're having this the first hour, we'll have a. Do you want to do the sponsors? Sure.
2: Let's go to the sponsors. Uh, switch over to do that. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Shai Burns and um simon who's been in the chat and his uh he's um, gonna give away the t-shirt as well tonight that people have been guessing i've been entertained with some of the guests that are coming on so i missed half of what everyone's talking about but um also he does the, the loaded t-shirt as we mentioned and he has the the loaded uh, mugs and water bottles as well also shout out to pins and prints Dean and who has a range of lovely prints and pens, uh, as everyone knows by now. Also, shout out to Retro NUFc and constantly changing his merchandise there. And I believe there's a I saw something about a fifteen percent discount today. I think so. Check that out. Go go follow yeah. him on Twitter as well. Uh, yeah, it
1: so- uh, f- uh, was a 24 hour discount, 15% off, uh, until midnight tonight. And he's also, as we've been mentioned on the <laughs> recent show, he's got a, a mark, uh, he's going to be at Time Month Market on the Saturday morning of <laughs> the Bilbao friendly, uh, with loads of his retro stocks. So, why don't you take yourself down there, treat yourself to a bargain before you go to the uh, Bilbao game?
2: Cool. Uh, shout out as well to Machine House and the range that uh, Martin and the crew have in Machine House, New uh, Newcastle brand, uh, uh, this launcher, maybe not Newcastle brand, but Newcastle based uh, company. Uh, so they love the hoodies and um, t shirts. And yeah, go check out the, the, them on, on the site and make sure you sign up for the mailing list and you'll get 10% off there as well. So check all that out. Um, that's it for the sponsors, Richie. Uh, we, we'll probably leave what's we'll coming next towards the end of the show.
1: Yeah, no, bother. Well, I've got uh, one little thing to sh- show first. Just I want to say, well done to the under 21s for their win yesterday over Elche. I thought that was a fantastic result uh, over at the link there. Um, I don't know what you guys So Anyone read what was the Elche lineup like? Was it a, a decent lineup or was it just more mix and match? But uh, to be fair, I still think it's a fantastic result. And it's one that the uh, under twenty uh threes can use take going forward. Anyone? No? <laughs> no, no.
2: Glad they won. I so, saw so uh Alex Murphy got a run out as well. He got to have uh, the second forty five minutes. So uh, yeah. Long may I continue?
5: Are you gonna say something, Stu? Oh yes, Stu's on mute
0: i just get myself up. I think it's good that we're we're playing teams in Europe and getting the name of Newcastle United back out there again as well. Yeah. Which yeah. is more important rather than just playing uh, nationally, but now going international again. And it's something that we've discussed. I know myself have uh, on NUFC UFC matters. The the building, not just the first team, but the whole squad. You know, they're each level, they're, they're improving and bringing players in and it creates a buzz factor and winning is a good mentality to have and success breeds success. So, it's great to see them doing well and long may it continue.
1: Yeah. it's an interesting point, it actually takes in uh, the first question of the uh, the viewers' questions there. Uh, we'll move on to the, the next, Daz, but you've got to start. But there's uh, Jerry. What you put one on Twitter and he wanted to ask Stu and Mitch what he thought about um all these premier season friend season friendlies um between premier league clubs is it a good thing a bad thing um you know i think it's about of, like injuries it's about the competitiveness between teams in your own league and um, does it give an insight away to possible you know tactics when you play against them in you know in the league itself and again what what would you, what's your thoughts on that?
3: Well, we've been involved with pre-season tournaments with Premier League teams before. They're neither good things nor bad things, they're just pre-season friendlies. They're about fitness, they're about gelling teams together. I don't think they're going to give away any particular secrets playing another Premier League team um, in, in pre-season. Um, personally, I quite like playing foreign teams from a selfish point of view, as I like to say, playing as many different clubs from around Europe as we possibly can. Um, And as long as the manager feels that they're uh, opposition to the right level and they're going to give a test at the right way, that's all that matters. So whether it's a Premier League team or not really is irrelevant to me personally. um, Would I get wound up about winning winning an interesting sideboard ornament in Thailand like uh, (coughs) Liverpool did recently against, or Man U did rather, against, against Liverpool? Don't think so. I don't think I'd get too worked up about that at all. Um, it is what it is. Um, that's what pre-season is about. It's about fitness and gelling the squad rather than worrying about who you're actually playing against. Um, it, it does it. I think it's different if it is something that the Premier League want to use to stretch their reach around the globe. Um, and then comes the question is how many of us are going to be off to America soon playing in tournaments there? Is the American influence on the Premier League seems to increase and increase. Um, you know, and Leeds have gone all the way to Australia, which is, that's a hell of a trip pre-season. Uh, you know, we, we did New Zealand the year, obviously, John and Liam passed and um, it's a hell of a journey and does it affect your pre-season? I think it bloody does, to be honest with you. Um, I think keeping it nice and short and sweet and in Europe, in Austria uh, packing in what we can keeping it together, keeping it tight makes far more sense to me um, also getting the players into that environment that environment, that, that pitch that ground in the training area what a fantastic environment to go and kick a football in and with that, that outline backdrop and what have you um, so yeah that's what I personally
0: prefer and I'm not bothered about whether it's Premier League opposition or not. Did you uh, Three parts uh, mostly in, uh, agree with what Mitch is saying but whether the other 19 teams league in, the, in our league like it or not we're becoming a big noise internationally and we're a big draw and if we're playing Wolves for example in in a game in Jacksonville that'll make money for Wolves. But all these teams have been against us, so I'd prefer not to be playing against them. But it will happen. Uh, for sure, it's going to happen in coming years. But again, from a selfish point of view, as, as Mitch said, I'd love them to uh, be playing other teams. There's so many ideas you can have. You can have a Bobby Robson Cup with like, the Barcelona's and, uh, and the, 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 you know, the, the PSVs, you know, all the teams that Bobby Robson yeah. was yeah. involved with. You could you, there's there's so many things that you could do that would attract the top teams to us, and we could have our own tournaments. There used to be big games away in the Rangers or Celtic, but sometimes that comes with uh, the the bad side of football as well. So maybe stay clear of that. But I think if you look at the the demand for tickets the, for a friendly away to Benfica, the clamour for tickets, it, it just shows you like that this is what we're wanting. You know, you can tie it in. Let's let's not playing these European teams as we are. Not just at home, but get get to the play them away. Get some tournaments going out of it. And it's all about getting us fit. And it's a good test. But as I say, the the higher our profile comes, the more likely it is it will be tied into playing against other Premier League teams in the future. So let's just enjoy what we've got at the moment.
2: Daz, I see you've got some
1: viewer questions. Star, do you want to uh, oh. dish them out to the panel?
2: Sure. Yeah, pl- plenty in here, <laughs> including some of the answers that um, that were guess as well. But uh, yeah, look, the, the first topic is going to be CEO because we, we didn't cover that this. Uh, so this, there's, there's, uh, Nana Maz mentioned the CEO uh, Lee is is going. Is the appointment an indication of the, of the drive for commercial revenue generation and potential for ground redevelopment or new stadium? Uh, there's another question, and kind of tie it all together. Um, uh, Paul asked about: Is it going to be Greg Snow in uh, Saint uh, James's Park? Because um, he gives the fans what he uh, what they want, and yeah, and then does Mike ask just thoughts on on the new CEO? So, who would like to go first on that one?
3: Um, I can if you like I mean,
2: sure, sure.
3: It was a surprise appointment, but a very good appointment. I mean, when it, when I heard his name the other night, I knew who we were talking about. Um, and you look at his pedigree; he was club secretary at Spurs while they accelerated away from us in terms of commercial income. So it's something he's well aware of, of, of how that can play. Um, he's, he's had Atlanta United punching way above their weight in the MLS, way above what they should be doing, both commercially and on the pitch. And the praise for him from the fans, because he goes out there and he's hands-on, and he interacts and he listens. Um, and if you look at all the interviews he's done recently about looking at things from a, pa- a fan's perspective, and he talks about, well, if I make a decision and I'm suddenly thinking, well, hang on a minute, if I was a fan and I'd be a bit pissed off about that, maybe I need to rethink the decision. That's a refreshing way to look at it. You know, there's not many people in the game look at it that way anymore. Um, but also I think his experience of dealing with the American mindset of commercialism and the way the Premier League seems to be going with a very American-driven bias, I think it's not un- un- unrealistic to have somebody come in like that who knows how to push the buttons with somebody who comes from that side of the pond and how they do business and want to do business is very different how PIF do business and so you're bringing somebody who's going to be bringing very different ideas to the table Um, and I think that's that's what makes it quite exciting for me Um, I think uh, I think it's a shrewd appointment there's obviously a little bit of history between him and Ashworth as well at West Brom Um, so again it's putting people into places who are comfortable to, know, to work together who know what their rules are and have defined rules and know when actually that's not my job that's theirs let them get on with it but this is how I can help them do their job better um, and, and I think it's a very very different mindset as to what's happened in the club even up until recently I had a very interesting chat with somebody that today, which I'm still kind of trying to process a little bit and I'm still trying to get some verification on some of the bits and bobs that were in there, um, regarding the whole clusterfuck that is Kistori and the shirts and everything else. Um, and one thing's for sure is I think if we had in your own place you know, six months ago, that wouldn't have happened. That, I think that's quite clear. From what I've been told, I say I'm still processing some of that and still trying to get some verification on it. Um, but that's the kind of thing to have in place that we need. So we'll make sure that things where they haven't gone quite so right for the new owners, we'll learn from the mistakes and we don't make it happen again. Simple as that. And so that is, is going to be a better way to serve the fan base and for want of a better would the customer base that i are now dealing with, because that's what we are. Also, remember.
4: I just wanted to add um, what what I found really interesting, having you know dug a little bit deeper on um, Darren Eels a little bit more, is how he's how he built Atlanta United up from the ground up, right from mm-hmm. the beginning, mm-hmm. and it, even even to even to the mascot on on match days. Even to the consultations about what beer is going to be sold in the stadium, like he has cons- consulted with all of the fans all the way through, he's made the fans part of that process. And the fans that have talked so well about him have said he has built a community feel that's exactly what we want in Newcastle United, and he's exactly is- what Newcastle is or should be, yes, well, yeah, it, it, exactly that. And what it hasn't been for the best part of 15 years. So the fact that he has the expertise and he's managed to do that at Atlanta United um, fills me with a lot of confidence that he's going to bring um, a lot of that to Newcastle United. Now, a lot of fans have said, you know, yep, yeah, there are certain things that you can, that you can do in the States that you can't do in England. But I tell you what, You guys, Stu, Mitch, have talked about it quite a lot in in recent months about how many American owners are owning Premier League football clubs right now. And it won't be long until the Americanized way is brought over to the Premier League. Now, what you would want is an experienced CEO that knows how the American market works to be able to bring it over here in order to make it work in Newcastle. And I tell you just the last thing, if it's going to work anywhere, it will work in Newcastle if he yeah, tried yeah. those things um, that he's going to try.
3: Tell you another connection that's there that I've just remembered as well. The first person I heard talk about Darren Eels was actually Peter Ramage. When I did an, when I interviewed Rami on... Uh, uh, <laughs> did a radio show over here in, in the UAE, and we had Rami on one of the shows and did a bit of an interview with him, and he was at Phoenix Rising at the time and uh he'd been in discussions with darren eels about going at atlanta from phoenix rising and he's now up, we're under 23 so again you know there's more little connections
0: there than than you realize yeah regarding uh, the new appointment i hadn't heard of him so uh, up until friday i think we uh, we were live when the, the, the news broke <laughs> uh, but since then i'm probably not the only one who's done as much research as I possibly can into it well, I wouldn't. I wasn't surprised to see how successful he's been, uh, because it's the sort of acquisition that the the owners would make. And uh, what Pete was just saying, just to carry on from that, it's it's a really simple idea. Well, sometimes the simple ideas are the best ones, and the sometimes the most hardest ones to to actually produce. And what he's done is in Atlanta, he's given the club to the city, yeah. and as one, it's their club. You know, it's not just all, I'm the owners, it's their club, and they're getting the biggest attendances in the league, and, you know, the, you can't really see the traditional teams there, but the, the ones that have been going longer, they've been out support because there's such a community spirit in there, quite right, the same Newcastle, Newcastle's like that, regardless. Yeah. Uh, but if things are going well and we're being listened to, I know there was jokes about Craig's and the stadiums and stuff like that. But, you know, sometimes just the simple things, the easy wins that's often referred to. And the fact that if you look at the – I know I'm in danger of being repetitive, but the, the owners that we've got will get the best people for the jobs just because they have lots of money doesn't mean they know the answer to everything, but they'll employ the, the best people available to do that role and they'll empower them, they'll back them. And it's, it's great you've got that knowledge from from the Middle East We've got the, the, the knowledge within the UK and it's no coincidence that the Reuben brothers are involved along somewhere along the line. You know, that's, and that just hasn't happened by mistake because PIF was <laughs> short of money. They've been brought in for a purpose, for their certain expertise. To me, that points towards not just the ground expansion, but the improvement of the city. It's like a gift. You know, because if we remember the, the reason that PIF has been put into place is to make uh, the country of Saudi Arabia less dependent on oil. And by 2030, which will be the 100th anniversary of uh, Saudi Arabia, they want over 50% of the income to be coming from something that's not oil. And a very, very successful Newcastle team will go a long way to contributing that, especially if they've got the region where we've talked about things like <coughs> racing tracks and top-notch golf courses and you think it's, uh, with Manchin being put on the board, you think that's a coincidence as well. You know, there's so many things I'm getting done, so many good moves. Uh, and now with the new CEO, he's got the knowledge of American uh, business. You also, if you study how with that, they've got very great links with South American talent, football-wise. And don't think he hasn't brought those phone numbers with him either. You know, And uh, those will be Passed to Dan Ashworth And certain videos Will be given Eddie Howard And say What do you think Of this one think It's all about growing to, to be this Huge 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 Massive club That we're all part of And they're creating it For us So well, That's what we have to remember They're going to create This thing for us And he's another cog in, the, in this wheel That's going to help This machine Become Hopefully In their opinion It'll, come, it'll be unstoppable So we're gonna welcome uh, a new CEO like that. It, it's his top draw and I could if but if last night at seven well seven this thing, but uh six six PM UK time on Friday I would have said I had to go to the guy. But it's it's the shrewdness of the decision and and there's there'll be more. There'll be more people brought in not just for the sake of it, just like the one bringing fans, uh, new players in, like Everton did, just for the sake of it, we'll spend money on this, we'll spend money on that. So get the right people at the right time at the right price to help us improve and we all benefit as fans, they'll benefit as owners, they'll benefit as CEOs uh, for their own CVs. We're all going to win out of this. So I think it's fantastic.
2: Cheers, <laughs> shoot. Um, and anyone that was listening at the picked up on the Morse code messages. Thanks for that as well. Um, Ah, That's because the thing's bagging off me on when I was speaking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, just also <laughs> anyone that, that's watching, uh, make sure you hit that that like button. And when uh, when uh, Pete mentioned the mascot as well, I I suggested that the loaded mascot we will offer the, the loaded mascot uh, to Newcastle, and they can they can run with that. It, it seems to be pretty popular in the chat. Now you're, right. go... you're right. You're <laughs> <laughs> no, no, right. He, he might wreck up. You he might. He might rock up. Just imagine. It was a dreadful. Uh, dreadful. The less we see of that, the better. He's making a special appearance, Pete. Uh, okay, Pete, we'll, gi- we'll give you a question. Uh, what? Uh, this is a question to, to Richie and Pete. Do you think uh, Piff will look at holding WrestleMania events in, in uh, Newcastle in time?
4: Well, Go they're, on, they're already over in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> They've been over there for a number of years now. They were, they mm. were the kind of that. That was the kind of the beginning of it all. Um, really, with Saudi Arabia, it, even before the boxing, um, WWE though, was over there, and that was the big, the big first deal. Um, WWE are over, already over in Newcastle quite regularly, actually, because um, because of the, the crowd attendances and how big they are. I think they're normally at the, at the, at the is it the Metro Arena? They're, the, um, the, they're
1: usually at the arena twice a year. It's usually, yeah. They usually do a tour after WrestleMania, and I think they do one later in the year as well. About the October, November time as well.
4: Yeah, the WWE lives uh, that they do around the country. It it, it normally starts, or one of the first two are normally in Newcastle. Can I see it it, it, at St. James's Park? Yeah, for sure. Because the one thing that they guarantee when Gwen going to Newcastle is it always sells out. And if the WWE continues to build that relationship with Saudi Arabia, which it will, Um, after a little bit of turbulence with Vince McMahon early on, I think Saudi Arabia halted a flight with all the wrestlers for a long period of time, um, which, which was big, big news. Uh, they actually, um, they're, they're, one of their events that was going live with Fox, um, Fox Sport uh, the next day had to be kind of reshuffled and loads of extra wrestlers pulled in because they literally grounded them. But after that, the relationship's been okay. And do I see it at St. James's Port? For sure, because it's a guaranteed seller.
2: Um yeah well let's move on to the next question Um and w- it's a topic we, we talked about on the Fully Loaded Transfer Show so yeah I, I, on that show we talked about Jack Arson actually I did do a bit more research on, on Jack Arson I kind of changed my, my mind a bit on it since, since then but uh, we also talked about Adama Tiori and I want to get Stu and Pete's uh thoughts on this would you take Adama T- for in the 10 million mark? No you know, was quick that, quick <laughs> that was my answer as well.
0: Maybe I don't, don't see me. the benefit. payment baby oil, babies.
2: You know. <laughs> I think that was Chris's answer. Yeah, I it
3: was. Know. Yeah.
2: At
5: this match, said it myself. <laughs>
3: nice they, nice he, me. He's, is he any better than Murphy? And I don't think he is. Uh, I no. think statistically, he may actually be worse.
4: The, the question oh, is, he even better than, than Fraser? You? No. No, the question you need to ask yourself is that if Wolves are looking to get rid of him, why would we take, why would we sign him?
2: Yeah. yeah. Simple. Simple. Um, there's been kind of two questions linked around the stadium as well. Uh, and I guess, I suppose with the, with the whole um, season tickets and uh, tickets selling out, uh, and I know we've, we have touched on it before with you, Mitch. Uh, I guess uh, th- there's, there's a question. Um, I think I can't, can't find the other question now, but it's around sh- should we should we start thinking about moving to another stadium or do we look at uh, extending St. James's Park and look at the, the ideas that I know you've talked about before, Mitch, and you as well too? What's your thoughts there on the latest?
3: Look, I, I think the time's never been better to forge better relationships in the city between the club and everybody who's involved in any process. That will either help extend St. James's to where they want to be and keep with there, or to move, be that 400 yards up the road um, or a new site within the city. The last thing Newcastle City Council would want is for us to walk out of the city for sure. Um, there's no doubt about that Um, so I think there's probably never been a bit of time a better time rather to start the um, reopen discussions about everything and put everything on the table and I think we're in a prime position to do that and I think the council will be nuts if they didn't want to talk Um, and I just don't see that happening um, and I think with certain things going on financially with the um, what I understand the unitary sort of sharing of services between the, the some of the councils um, that's going to bring different financial pressures and again we've got owners who can spend a lot of money and money talks right,
0: I think uh, regarding the stadium move if that's, I think, long term, if we're going to fulfil everything, I think it's in inevitability, unless the the Terrace terrorists conundrum gets solved. But if we have to move to a new stadium, it's it's easy fixed. Is it depends on where it is. I think the location is going to be mm. is going to be pivotal in any conversation. But I think if they need to announce, they should just get up and say, right, we're moving to the stadium, and this is where we're going to, and everyone just accepts it. Because <laughs> he can't see it get away with this, so I mean, I mean that's just quite a bit lighthearted. Because I know it's it's uh, we sometimes we can't get too nostalgic and too traditionalist. And if things don't change the stairs and stay as they are and all that is, but uh, we are growing. And there's, there's we can get in a debate about season tickets, how many people are on waiting lists etc. I don't think it was thirty thousand anyway because I know there was multiple. Or people doing multiple entries anyway, uh, but I, I think sixty-five thousand would we could fill comfortably, and we haven't got that option at St. James's at the moment. And we touched on this on Friday, didn't we, regarding the safe standing? If it was only standing and it increased the capacity, that would be one way forward to get the the demand initially, or at least some of it. But again, it's not. It doesn't change the capacity at all. So again, I give my opinion. Then that we're just spending money just to tick PC boxes. We don't need to do that. You know, the, the board have all the fans backing and love and affection. But if if enough people want a standing area and they sign up for it, it's only standing. Then go for it. But regarding moving grounds, I think the only way around it is just to shift it up. As Rich just said, there just shift it up a little bit. Uh, so the where the leases end is now, that would be the Gallagher end. Put on Leesers park and make a green area where they. Stadium is. That's to me it's the only logical uh, solution of it, trying to appease as many people as possible.
5: Do you know what? As well, Stu, it's it, it's totally right what you're saying because if we if we kept the new stadium in Newcastle, um, you know, I'm not I'm not suggesting this is what we do, but you know, if we called it New St James or the New St James's Park or St James's Park was integrated within within you know the naming of that stadium, or we just went completely another way and we got you know a big massive sponsor. And then we were starting to see, you know, the money pumped into into the players on the pitch. People, people would people would forgive that. People would absolutely, you know, forgive that if we had a state of the art stadium, you know, that that was made for the fans. You know, the, the way, the way uh, I no, no, don't know, Chris.
0: Just, hey, I can't, I can't, and I'll, I'll never will speak on behalf of the fans and say people will accept it. You know, because everyone has their own thoughts on it. You know, as I said, it's a traditionalist thing. I can only ever offer my views on it, but if the the bit I try to keep across is where the leases end is if that was to be turned round and that becomes the Gallagher, it's still at the Gallagher, you know what I mean? And it's still on St James it's still in St James's Park. Mm-hmm. If you look out top of them, they didn't really, really move that far for their new stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, it was still within the same area and, and the fans went with it. You know, it's, Newcastle don't have Newcastle fans don't have the copyright on we we love our stadium. You know, every so every football fan has infinity, infinity to their original ground. Yeah, You know, but something we have to change, you know, and if it's as close to St. James's as possible to the point it can still be St. James's, then, like I say, that would appease the vast majority, but we'll never ever be able to placate every single person. But if we look at what the boxes that need to be tipped, are we growing? Yes. Do we need to have a bigger stadium? Yes. Can we fix St. James's where it's going to be financially viable? I believe if they tried to do it, they would have to spend as much money. It would probably cost the money to extend the to extend the stadium just to get it up to about sixty thousand. It'll cost the club money. And in, in fear of saying the same thing repetitively, these people are bores us are a business. They, they understand that they to spend money to make money, but they don't make bad business decisions. Yeah. you know they're, they're not just going to say, "Okay, we'll build on here yeah, just to keep three, four thousand extra," and it's going to cost us money down the line. So. It's, it's a huge debate, and I'm glad that we have people in place who will take the fans' choices or the fans' voices uh, and will try to please as many people as we can. But I think we, we all know we live in a social media world now is you'll never be able to please anyone or everyone. You know, you know, What you've got to try and do is do what's best for the club and what's best for the fans, <clears> and that's it.
5: Yeah, no, you, you're right, Stu. I mean, even now, you know, if we were to stay at St James's, there's fans who who do want to move, they do want to build, yeah. they do want to go bigger. So even the people who want to stay, you've then got people who don't want to stay. So you're absolutely right when you say you can't please everybody.
0: Oh, if we wanted, I mean, St James's is it's, it's one it's one of the most iconic, most iconic grounds in the country. You know, you, you hear even people in the press talk about the love with the atmosphere that's in the city and everything else. We've got it's got so many things going for it that we need to try and be as loyal to that as possible, and, and try and be as close to it as possible. But also, we have to like, drag it out of the the twentieth century and into the twenty first century. And and I know we've said many times that they like the stadiums to be shiny and brand new here and bigger and better than the, the the other ones or the oppositions. But we we genuinely do have a demand for more. Tickets, we generally do have a fan base that will only grow not just in Saudi Arabia, not just in the Middle East, but worldwide. Uh, and these people will have the opportunity to come to St. James, but not if every single seat's taken. And we have people who refuse to move and, and won't allow us to grow. You know, we can't have the, the best of all worlds. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's times we've just got to accept change. Sometimes we we'll get used to it. You know, I still call them marathons, but I know they've been called stickers for about 30 years. You know, and there's global <laughs> fruits and starburst. You know, there's charmers as, as old-fashioned as they come. But the, I, I get it. I totally get why people do one of these St. James's Park. It has the memories that every yeah. one of us have had going in there for the first time. But at the same time, we, we we're in a new era where we could create a new, you know, new memories. But let's keep it in the city. Let's keep it as close as St. James as us if we all get a new stadium. You never know. The council might uh, bend to some special plans and something could happen with Lisa's Terrace. You know, we, we, we never know. And that's conversations way above our pay grade. But they'll do what they can to make the, the stadium as accessible to the masses as possible. And that goes with Mitch's ideas of hotels there, making it 24-7 place not just somewhere to visit once every two weeks you know if if you had a hotel there you have fans from especially Saudi Arabia you get a five-star hotel there that's exactly where they're going you know and then you can do wedding events there there's so much that can be done but they've got the right people in the commercial department to do it you know so let them do their job and they can't fix things overnight but my god they'll try to
1: and that's a good place to end the show. So, what, first of all, what i want to say is uh, thank you very much for everyone for the three hundred that stayed with us all, all night. Uh, however, there's only half the people actually like the show. So please, you know, hit the like button on there helps us get the uh, the YouTube algorithms to higher in the NUFC search chart. But it also helps, uh, you know, if you've like, enjoyed the content that we've been putting out there, uh, over recently we've had a lot of comment on Twitter. But if you haven't already, uh, you can subscribe to the channel free of charge, and or help us to get towards uh, five thousand subs. And also, like a few of the people have tonight as well, if you, you know, really like the, uh, the channel, you want to help us uh, you know, put the great content that we do out every single week, that you could also become a member of the channel as well. Um, and that nicely takes us into our member draw. Now, mm-hmm. we've had some really, really good uh, comments in the chat and stuff like that uh, on Mitch's specialised subject, T and F. So, what we'll do is we'll actually go through the pictures first and then we'll go through who they are. So, the first picture is. <laughs>
0: I like Derek Shaw's answer, which was tenants <laughs> and fossils. <bottles.
3: laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. So, so in mean, this was a, this was moved before I bloody had a chance to think about it. You know what I'm like. <laughs> so, <laughs> as, you,
1: as you can see, that, that's the first part. That's the tits, but obviously we need a fanny as well. But we've got to keep it. You know, it's not just before the watershed still. So how about this? So what, when you move the picture, there's yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. a picture there. <laughs>
1: <It's not good. laughs> so. There's your Fanny. <laughs> but then obviously we're a Newcastle channel, so we've got to keep it NUFC related. So it's Tits and Fanny NUFC version. So, Tits? Yeah. All <laughs> in oh <than> one. <laughs> <laughs> tits? Oh Jesus. You've been waiting all week it's this, fanny. For <laughs> <laughs> So there you go, Mitch's specialised subject was tits and a fanny. So uh the winners now there was a few people, then there's a do you know there's a few that were like literally there yeah, straight away and I think that they must have had a few nights out with Mitch and Stu. Because oh, to
0: I'm a married man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because we had two answers literally in within the first two minutes. Unfortunately, as we said, they were weren't from a member. And the first person was Yano. Tits and Fanny. Then we had Neil <laughs> Calder. Two months later, Tits and Fanny. Yano actually heard the second comment where we pitched it again, saying it wasn't a member. We so even telling trolls what the answer was. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> still... <laughs> but the funny thing is, right? That Trolls still didn't beat Lisa to it. <laughs> Lisa's so appreciative. This is, I think, this is what basic what to say though, about all loaded like viewers and. All Newcastle fans at the minute She's actually saying because Yano got the original answer right She wants to give the t-shirt to Yano So Yano, congratulations mate um, Much appreciated the support there Give uh, any of the lads uh, a DM Or you can go to Simon Direct Tell them uh, what colour shirt t-shirt you want Your address and we'll get that posted out to you Um I think well, Lisa we'll should
0: on. pick the colour for Yano <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Should, we, should we get Lisa to pick the colour for you? I yeah. think she should Right, yeah. well, Lisa, you send us a DNA. You have to send us a picture then
2: of the T-shirt. <laughs>
1: yeah. I tell you, you what. I
2: tell you
5: what was scary though, Mitch. Like what? I don't know if you noticed it in the chat. Like you, you asked the question, and Yada was just like tits and fatty straight in. <laughs> it was literally. It was qu- It was a quick answer. It was. Fantastic. It
1: was. <laughs> hey, I know what Mitch will be saying. Great minds think alike, won't he? That's what he'll be saying, but. Uh, one last little shout-out <laughs> I wanted to say before we uh, leave tonight. And I just, because obviously we do, everyone knows that we are the shirt sponsor for Concert Reserves this year. They got their pre-season off to an absolute flyer yesterday uh, with a fantastic 8-0 win wow. yesterday. Wow.
2: wow. So, so right to the top.
1: Yep, lads, well done. Congratulations. As we said, we'll be following you throughout your journey this season and next season, because we were a sponsor for the next uh, Two seasons, and um, obviously, I, I, I'm hoping that the results better than we're expecting. But when you go against the uh, opposition name, you start to doubt it when it's snod's edge. But uh, by all means, you, as we all know in football terms, you can only beat what's in front if you can, your lads. Exactly, so
5: true. So
1: true. Hey, yep. uh, it says, you know, we had over 300 watching for the majority of the show, we've gone over just over the hour and a half mark now. So we're going to round it up there. Mitch, Stu, I would like to say once again, thank you very much for joining us on your Sunday and giving us a look. obviously a few hours ahead of us. But uh, from myself, Daz, Chris and Pete, thank you very much for joining us and we shall see you later on in the week for on Thursday for a fully loaded transfer show with Graham Bailey, <laughs> uh, with obviously Jordan Crow and Lee Davy as well. Uh, and then next Sunday, we will be back with the man, the legend, Sean Casey. Daz, do you want to see us out
2: there? Yep. And you never know where we might pop up along the, that, the way as well. That's the that's yep. rule. But uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks, the lads, as well. And see you there, everyone. Good luck.
0: Bye yes, bye.